0: What is going on everybody hopefully you guys are all doing well out there it's been a while it's been like a month which hasn't been the longest drought that we've had on on the show here but uh, you know it felt like it's it's been a while I've definitely uh, I'll be completely honest with you guys I have no idea what uh, set has just come out or if there's anything uh, going on in the hobby I haven't been uh, getting in any uh, fights or any bickering matches on uh, social media with anybody. So, I've, you know, I've taken a back seat, I guess you could say. Um, I've been busy. I moved. I bought a new car. I uh, was working. I think that might come as a surprise to uh, many of you. I was actually working. I worked five working days in a row from like a Tuesday to a following Tuesday or something like that. I can't even remember. So that was... Uh, that was short lived let's put it that way um and i wasn't working uh, i think i was i got paid uh, probably when you factor in the driving getting there early leaving late i probably made less than 10 dollars an hour so i was doing it more uh as uh more or less charity work i guess you could call it than uh, actually working but i did actually get paid so that was cool um i've been in the buying mood Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of my strategy on checking out my cards. I actually set up a separate account to kind of test this strategy. So um, I'll talk about that. Then, because I have no idea what has been going on in the modern sports card world, we're going to continue kind of our vintage world. Although with football, I'm I'm going to cover a lot of cards kind of in the the 80s, early 90s, uh, mid 80s kind of sets. Um, What I'm going to give you is just like on our last show or the show before there where I gave you some kind of key starter cards if you're looking to build a collection of kind of older cards. Maybe you're a younger listener and you have no idea who Joe Montana is. You never saw him play. You know him by name, you know him by face, but you never saw him play. Uh, Maybe you're not really sure uh, how great someone like Emmett Smith was or Jerry Rice or Barry Sanders was. Um, So you might want to... um, go back and collect some of their cards just for kind of uh, nostalgic stake or kind of broadening out your collection. Maybe you're a collector that's just gotten into the game or you're getting back into the game. You sold all your cards in the nineties uh, and you're getting back into it. So, um, and even the season collector, many of you, I'm sure if you're listening to a sports card podcast, you probably take the hobby pretty seriously. Um, but even then it's sometimes good to kind of refresh our minds you you might not many of you might not go out and get on eBay or get on wherever and buy some of these cards but um it might be a good thought process kind of uh evaluating your collection almost like evaluating um you know, like a stock portfolio, maybe you've owned stocks for four five, six years and they've gone up and up and up. Um, and you kind of want to reevaluate at some point. Maybe you don't want to own, uh, maybe you own BlackBerry when it was a hundred dollars a share. Now it's $10 a share. Um, so, so it might be good to reevaluate, uh, your collection at times, but let's first start with, uh, like I said, I've been in a buying mood and what I did was, I went to check on I have like an account with check on my cards where I have like 20,000 cards and, um, you know, I have an available, I don't withdraw money very often if ever. Um, so I have, you know, it's kind of hard to judge like, Hey, well, you know, how much money I'm not sure how much money I deposit in there. I have no idea really how, much. I know that I'm making money on the account and through selling the cards, but, um, you know, at this point it's kind of you know, it's hard to judge, you know, it's like a bank account, maybe where, you know, you might share it with your wife and there's all kinds of money coming in and out. It might be kind of hard to balance it, I guess. So what I did is I set up a new account and I deposited a hundred dollars. I wanted to start with a hundred dollars. I don't think I'm going to deposit, um, any more money in there. Um, but what I wanted to do was, I wanted to test out a strategy. Uh, Check out my cards. Always have, and right now, if you're listening to this, the week it comes out. They're running a, most of the sellers on the site are running a, called a spring cleaning promotion. You can basically run a sale to, for free. Doesn't cost anything. Normally, uh, check out my cards. I think charges you about $3 a day to run a sale. And it's also a fee. um, It's like 3% off the top of of the sale or whatever. So, this is a total free sale. So, you can run a sale and it's free. So, almost the whole site is doing it. Also, they're running a promotion where I think they give you a couple bucks off shipping um, of most of the cards on the site. And so, I wanted to start an account with $100 because I wanted to be in a buying mood. I didn't want to just spend the $100 and be out of money on the site and have uh, no money to buy any more cards. So what I decided to do was I wanted to buy cards and I've used the same. I've discussed this strategy quite a bit on uh, the show. And so I'll briefly just briefly go over it on check out my cards, the cards that's if you want to sell lots of cards very quickly and turn them over, kind of buy and sell them very quickly. You need to buy cards that are priced under 25 cents in most cases you know tw- I would say under 50 cents probably or under about 30 cents you need to buy those cards and reprice them and reprice them to sell if you want to very slow if you want your cards to sell in a trickle buy three four five six seven dollar ten dollar cards on check of my cards they sell much slower they do sell but they take a while. So obviously there are um, exceptions to this rule. And I also use these exceptions to find very low-priced cards. Number one, best players to buy on Check Out My Cards are the obvious players. Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter. Those two cards, it's like buying... You know, it's almost like buying gold or buying, uh, you know, a treasury from the United States treasury. It's almost like having cash. Having Michael Jordan cards is, uh, is almost like cash. If you buy them right, they'll sell the next day. Uh, Derek Jeter, probably even to a higher degree than Michael Jordan. I have had, when people price Derek Jeter cards very cheaply when they go on sale. Whenever there's a sale on Check of My Cards, whether it's a spring cleaning sale or whether it's the Black Friday sales or whenever I'm on the site and I feel like buying cards to resell, I search Derek Jeter basically first. See if anybody's giving away any Derek Jeter cards. They sell extremely quickly. Um, other players are players that I'll probably talk about later. Uh, Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Um you know, the Brett Favre to a certain degree sell very quickly. Older baseball players obviously are in the same uh, echelon. Uh, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, uh, players like that. So, if you want to sell, Kobe Bryant is another player. If you want to sell cards very quickly, buy the right players. Um, but it, in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter. You know, you can sell guys that, you know, nobody's ever heard of or out of the MLB or out of the NFL in one year. And, uh, even Jamarcus Russell cards will sell on there if you buy them right and you price them right. Um, so what I've done is I've bought a thousand cards on there. This, I started right around the beginning of the month. It wasn't quite the beginning of the month. So it's really only been about two weeks. I've bought a thousand cards, 1019 to be exact, and I've sold 992 of them. So a, a huge sell through. Um, and I've had a total sales of $129. So I've actually made back $129. Um, $129. I've made $129 on those sales. And it's afforded me to buy two cards that I've wanted. I've realized after watching a Giants game uh, with my wife, she has a, a massive crush on Joe Panic. So I decided to take advantage of that. And uh, I think guys out there, this could be a lesson for you if you have a significant other and they, they all of a sudden have a crush on uh, – try to see who they have a crush on either in baseball, football, hockey, whatever it might be. Then it's the perfect excuse. I went on check out My Cards. I've actually seen this card on Checkout My Cards for a while. I've seen the guy put it on sale a few times. But it's a BG, it was a BGS9 uh, top, Bowman Chrome refractor autograph numbered out of 500. Um, Joe Panic Autograph Rookie card. Really nice card, you know, Bowman Chrome, On Card. It has everything going for it. BGS 9, and 9.5 is a little bit better, but that's probably slight, a little bit slightly more than I wanted to pay. It does have a 10 autograph grade, so the autograph grades out nicely, which is fine with me. Um, so it's serial numbered autograph, or rookie, best brand, um, good card. Typically on eBay they sell for in that forty dollar range. I ended up picking it up for forty two dollars, so um, I was very excited. And I showed my wife, and it was she 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 got a kick out of it. She was she was excited that I had quote bought her a Joe Panic card. So really, I've wanted to buy that card for several months now, and uh, I ended up getting it without any kickback from her. The other player I want to acquire, and kind of maybe as a I'll, pro- I, I'll probably end up acquiring more than just the one I bought on a check of my cards, but I kind of look at it as like a short-term trade. I, I want to buy some to resell, but I want to buy one now to likely hold just kind of in my collection. And that is Brandon cooks wide receiver for the new orleans saints um as you recall he was a rookie last year and he he was off to a really good start had a really good rapport with uh drew Brees, and was putting up some uh very good stats especially if you play in ppr uh fantasy leagues had quite a was playable was at least a number three wide receiver um at least in in most of the matches that I, I was playing him in a lot in daily fantasy as well, kind of as a sleeper pick early on. But then he he got injured and I kind of forgot what the injury was. I thought, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to acquire of his cards. If it was a knee injury or an ankle injury, injury injury, but um he broke his thumb. So you know. You can't catch the ball with a broken hand. Most guys can't. And uh, so I decided to um, buy some of his cards. Kind of in in anticipation, I think, of him starting off hot or him getting kind of a decent amount of attention early on in the NFL season because he will likely be a, a very playable player. So in summary, in short... I bought a $42 Joe Panic card. I bought a $10 Brandon Cooks autograph card. And I currently only have 23 items for sale on Checking My Cards. And I have a $79 cash balance. So in essence, I started with $100. I have $80 left. I have $80 cash. And I have 23 cards, which I have a total asking price of $10. I'll probably end up getting it, but closer to 5 for it. So I have what what I would call the equivalent to about $83 on cash. But I started with $100. I bought a $42 card in a $10 and probably $0.50 cent Brandon Cook's autograph. So I spent over $52 on cards. So I'm up. I feel like I'm up. And I think this is a strategy you can use out there if you want to buy cards and... And maybe um, for me, $100 or spending $40 on a card here and there, certainly I couldn't do it every day. But here and there, it's not going to make or break my budget, but um, hey. I'm kind of like one of those people. You know, I see the there's like this show on TV. I don't really watch it. Uh, but I have a friend that like coupons. His wife uh, coupons a lot. And they have all these bottles of, of uh, detergent and all these tooth. where they say, hey, if you ever need toothpaste, we've got a million uh, bottle or million tubes of it or whatever. So uh, and they don't really, you know, they're not rich or anything, but they certainly don't need the money. But uh, it, it's kind of I think you get what I'm saying. Uh, if you want to get out there and buy some cards, wh- why not you know m- try and resell some? Try and buy and resell some to generate some cash. Um, certainly, I had to sit down. I had to s- sit down in front of the computer. Luckily, one night I awoke in very early in the morning. And realized the check out my cards promotion had started that day. So I got on and got a ton of cards, a ton of cards, three, four, five cents, um, just easy sell. You know, you can buy a card for five cents, price it at 10 cents. And when you wake up, when you go back to sleep and wake up at nine, 10 in the morning later on that day, the card's already sold. In fact, I've many of times I've priced a few hundred, I bought a few hundred cards, priced them, and then came back basically the next day. And somebody has ca- gone in and bought my entire basically my entire portfolio. They put all my cards in the card and checked out and bought them all. Um, because I, my cards are actually priced, somebody can buy them and then reprice them and sell them again. That's likely um, the buyers that were buying them were not buying them all to ship them them to themselves. They were actually buy them to resell. And so that's kind of the key with checking my cards. You can't really be greedy. If you want to turn over your inventory and really sell a lot of cards, you need to price them to sell. You need to pick the right ones to buy can't just buy every 10 cent card on there, or every seven cent card on check of my cards and reprice it at you know 10 cents, 14 cents, 15 cents and have it sell. you got to pick out the right ones, so there's a little bit of a little bit of strategy involved, a little bit of time that you have to invest. Um, but like I said, for me, it's really paid off. I still have 80 dollars in my account. I've bought 50 dollars worth of cards. I have another five to 10 dollars worth of cards that that I actually just bought uh, earlier this afternoon. So it's kind of fun. I'm having fun kind of turning over uh, the inventory. I've gotten the advantage. I probably couldn't have done this in a normal month. I know I started buying before the sale happened, and I was only selling one or two cards a day. I was actually not selling many cards at all. And that's because in part um, when there's not a sale going, your inventory is going to move slower unless you have tens of thousands of cards on there. Um, the other thing is I think a lot of people were anticipating the spring cleaning sale, so there wasn't a whole lot of buying going on. Check on my cards earlier this month because everybody knows uh that's been on the site for a while knows that once the sale promotion comes around, pretty much everybody, almost everybody on the site puts, uh, you know, at least a small discount on all their cards. So. You can do the same thing on eBay. I, I'm talking about check on my cards, but you can do the same thing on eBay. It just would take a little bit longer if you were buying the cards on eBay, trying to buy them right, maybe buying them in lots or buying them from sellers that didn't have very good description or good pictures. You could certainly receive those cards, rescan them, maybe on it and sell them on an account that has thousands of feedback or, or whatnot and turn those around. I just think it would take a little bit longer and the accounting, all the money, uh, is not all-in-one. I mean, it could be all-in-one in PayPal account. Um, but I think it would take a little bit longer. Could be more effective. I don't know. Um, but personally, for me, it's easier just to open up the laptop, open up the phone, and you can buy and sell cards very quickly. Uh, so that is the advantage I see. Uh, with check out my cards. Also, with check out my cards. The the last tip I'll get give you is because I'm buying, uh, you know, now I'm buying, you know, I bought a ten dollar autograph card of Brandon Cooks. I bought a forty dollar, forty two dollar card of Brand, uh, not Brandon Crawford, Joe Panic. My wife probably has a crush on Brandon Crawford too. Um, the other tip i 'll give you is everybody prices their cards well over eBay more than likely when it 's when you know a ten dollar card so feel free it 's customary if you have those cards on check on my cards. you list them a little bit higher for a number of reasons. Um, one is people will just offer you half off offers. Another thing is uh, most people have automatic offers set at a certain degree. I set. You know, twenty, thirty, forty percent. I don't. I don't know what I have it on my new account, but I think on my other my sports car radio account, I think I have. If you offer me twenty percent off whatever the price is, it's going to automatically accept that offer. So. um that's why people price things a little bit higher on the higher end cards because the, you don't want to price it at eBay and then have kind of an auto accept offer on there for 30, 40% off. All of a sudden, you're giving stuff away. Um, so you price it for typically 30, 40, 50, 60% over what eBay is, maybe even 100% over what eBay is, it, You know, fully expecting to get a half price offer or a 40% off offer and, and likely accepting that. So. Moving right along. It's not going to be a particularly long show, I don't think. We'll just, you know, have a show and we'll finish things up here. But I want to have one, two, three, four, five cards to kind of. You know, I wouldn't call this vintage. I would call this um post-vintage or modern or you know, I can't I don't know what the term is for like 80s and 90s cards at this point. But there were some critical cards I think uh, released during those times, and certainly could be a valuable addition to your collection. First one, '89 score, lots of cards. That whole set you could probably buy, and um, you know not see it go down uh, particularly a whole lot. And not you know don't expect to buy any of these cards. They're not going to double in a year or two. You know what I mean? I think. That's um, that's kind of the point of this exercise. A lot of people out there they're into prospecting and they're into buying the you know Jameis Winston right now or last year it was o, uh, Odell Beckham and Terry Bridgewald. Now nobody cares about those guys anymore. Doesn't matter. They're supposed to put up. Uh, if Odell Beckham has 1,100 yards receiving or a t- uh, thousand yards receiving this year, it's going to seem like a disappointment. His cards are going to go down. He set the precedent. He's going to have to have 1,400, 1,500, 1,600 yards receiving. And it's great. Hey, if he does it, his cards will hold their value. But if he doesn't, they're going to go down. Whereas a 1989 score, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is long gone, folks. Not Luckily, he's still with us. And I hear him on commercials out here in the Bay Area. He's doing commercials for, like, a divorce attorney. So... Um, Apparently his agent is working, uh, working the phones for Barry, and maybe that's why he's doing some advertisements. Is, uh, he got a divorce, but eighty nine score uh, about fifteen dollars raw, so you can get one ungraded in that. You know, I think anything under fifteen dollars where it looks in fairly nice condition is a pretty good deal for that card. PSA nine. Is thirty five, you know, in that thirty thirty five dollar range, so not cheap. Certainly not cheap for a PSA nine. So quite a difference there. PSA tens are one hundred seventy five dollars. So if you got a little bit more money, I don't know how. You know, I'd probably be more in that. Be more content with that kind of lower end card. Um, you know, PSA nine or a really nice looking raw uh, card. Um, a BGS ten, so a BGS ten pristine sold for twenty eight hundred dollars. So that's a lot of money, but I think you could do really well with the bar- that card. It's it's a fairly. I don't see it going down under you know ten, that ten dollar price tag, and I think over many 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 years you could see it appreciate just a little bit over time. Troy Aikman, same set, nineteen eighty nine score. Troy Aikman. I found it interesting that his cards are actually worth. Slightly less than Barry Sanders thought, would maybe even being the Cowboys quarterback. Maybe uh, one theory I have is that Cowboy fans have a lot to collect. You have Tony Romo, you have DeMarco Murray, you have Des Bryant cards, you have other Cowboys like Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin that you could be collecting as well. Um, so it might get looked over. So this might be a little bit better buy even than the um Barry Sanders so about $12 raw PSA 9 about $10 less at $25 for a PSA 9 and about $100 for a PSA 10 score Troy Aikman rookie I think that's not a bad deal you know 100 bucks I don't see it going down a whole lot Um, again I don't see it you know skyrocketing up but um, you know in 5-10 years could easily be a $125 card Moving right along to my favorite player of all time, and it's been paining me to say that I actually think Tom Brady could be as good or better than Joe Montana. And for me, that for, I think that's saying a lot, because I thought for sure Joe Montana would be hands down the greatest quarterback I'd seen by a long margin. But I tell you what, Tom Brady is really, really good. He does have a blemished record in the Super Bowl, but he sure has won his fair share as well. 89 tops. Joe Montana I was surprised as I get to the higher grades of this. I was very surprised. Uh, $45 plus for a raw. I think if you get it on that low end um, and it looks kind of nice, you're getting a really really good deal because PSA eights are in that hundred dollar range, but it goes up quickly from there. I was really shocked. It must be really hard. There must have not been a lot of good printing of these Joe Montana's, um, because a PSA nine sold for $690. And this is just recently in the last week or two, I was really surprised how expensive, a PSA nine uh, Joe Montana rookie goes for well over and above a PSA eight and just kind of a regular non graded one. Then it jumps up even more. I was shocked. Uh, PSA ten goes for fourteen. One sold for fourteen thousand dollars. PSA 10, 14000 dollars. You could buy a lot of stuff for fourteen. You could have a hell of a vacation or buy a, a fairly nice used car. Uh, for $14,000. So I'm shocked. There must be, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, might be a newer collector, might not have looked into it. You can go to PSA Card um, and go to BGS uh, Beckett's website and search for something called the population report. And you can type in Joe Montana. You can type in 1981 tops Joe Montana and actually see how many of, in each grade have been graded. So, my guess, I mean, I'm not guessing here, I'm almost certain there are a considerable amount of PSA 7s which sell for about 80 bucks, 85 bucks. There's probably a decent amount of PSA 9s, uh, PSA 8s out there. PSA 9s are probably in very short supply and I'm guessing PSA 10s are in extremely short supply compared to the rest of the print run. So PSA 10s 14 grand very shocked to see that. Emmett Smith heard this week uh, Adrian Peterson was going to try to stay out of trouble long enough to try to beat his rushing record. My, if anybody wants to take a bet on that, I don't know if that's legal or if we can actually do that. Maybe we can make like not a a money wager, but uh, if you live close to or feel like taking a vacation to California, I will bet somebody a steak dinner that Adrian Peterson will not end up breaking Emmett Smith's career rushing yards uh, record. So if anybody wants to take me up on that bet, I will accept one or two. Uh, I won't do a bunch of them just in case. Uh, then all of a sudden I have to spend uh, thousands of dollars uh, paying off a, uh, a rushing record bet, but I'll certainly take uh, action from a few of you if you're willing to do it. I will bet, um, you know, a steak dinner. And in my mind, that's, you know, we're going to go to in California. We can either meet in Las Vegas or we can do it uh, close to where I am. I don't travel outside of California particularly all that often, at least right now and where I am in my life, maybe later on. So if you're out there in the East Coast, you better come out here to get paid off. So Emmett Smith... My opinion is record is safe, and it. I think it would be safe to buy some of his cards because, uh, hey, he's long. Uh, you know, he's long gone. Uh, rushing uh, leader, 1990 was his rookie year, and he has some interesting cards. I think you can bounce around and get, uh, you know, any a number of Smiths for a very affordable price. I think one of his best cards, if not his best card, is his 1990 score supplemental card. A PSA nine sells. Right around 50 bucks all day, which is not a cheap price. I mean, like I said, you could get two Troy Aikman PSA 9s for that price um, from a set a year earlier. So, the score supplemental set, I believe, was in a shorter supply and a little bit harder to get. And uh, certainly, the Emmett Smith card in there is the key card. Is PSA 9 50 bucks? PSA 10, 350. So, quite a jump there. Three hundred fifty dollars is no small chump change. So, um, again, I think you could roll with Emmett Smith is one of the. I think Barry Sanders, Troy Aikman might have a few other. Might have one other rookie card. Might have an eighty nine Pro Set. I know Troy Aikman, I think does. Um, but and so you can you can bounce around. I think those two. You're, you, I would stick with the eighty nine score. Um, with Emmett Smith, he has I think a few different cards. At least considered his rookie card. I think you could bounce around there and get any number of them last car and the oldest car actually not the oldest card. Joe Montana's oldest card second oldest card. 1986 tops Jerry Rice $15 raw found that to be a fairly good deal um, $15 plus of I a mean $15 kind of the floor price PSA eights are fifty bucks, so you know that if you can find one, this is where a lot of people like to play the grading game because you can buy, you know, an unsophisticated, Not that you're trying to rip people off, but an unsophisticated seller might see, hey, look at these Jerry Rices selling for fifteen to twenty five dollars. They don't realize. Well, if your card is is near mint or plus, you know you could probably get a little bit higher because what you can do is you can spend ten dollars, ten fifteen dollars getting it graded, and all of a sudden it's a fifty sixty dollar card. PSA nine's quite a bump up. Again, you can go to the population reports and I and I'm sure see how the numbers play out. But um, PSA nine five hundred dollars. So you go PSA eight fifty bucks. PSA nine. 10 times more wow must be 10 times or more uh in shorter supply and then finally again i was shocked when i saw this one had sold a psa 10 86 jerry rice rookie card sold for fourteen thousand six hundred dollars i was blown away can't believe people are paying um you know I can't believe people pay that for modern cards. I can't believe when I see people paying fourteen thousand dollars for like a Chris Bryant card, or they pay fourteen thousand dollars for uh, you know some you know Odell Beckham card or something like that. I don't know if you had a card go for that much, but um, you know I'm I'm pretty shocked still that uh, Jay Rice has cards selling for fourteen grand. That's a lot of money. Must be incredibly rare. So. Folks, that um that's all I have written down again. I've been uh I've been out of it in terms of sports cards to be honest with you. I've been in a buying mood. I thought I've been in a buying mood and I always get in a buying mood this time of year, I think just for the reason football season while we have early coverage of mini camps, OTAs or whatever they're doing right now and you know guys are signing franchise tags and free agent deals or whatever it might be. Um, there's a little noise in football. We're still, you know, a few weeks away from having fantasy drafts and having preseason games and whatnot. The NBA was spectacular this year. I, I'm still uh, smiling that I won. I won my fantasy league by the slimmest of margins. Literally, I won a fantasy a season-long fantasy league by the equivalent of a, a shoot like a strand of hair like the width of a human hair is literally what I won a fantasy season-long fantasy uh, basketball league so that was exciting and of course it finished up we're really blessed out here in the Bay Area to have the Giants winning uh, several World Series in the last few years the 49ers had been you know hot and cold but the last couple of years uh, people think they're gonna be cold this year I don't think that's gonna be necessarily the case um but They've been in the Super Bowl recently, and of course the Warriors just capped off a very, very uh, solid season, great season for them. I think they got a little luck, fortunate, I wouldn't say lucky, I'd say fortunate, that Cleveland wasn't healthy. Atlanta, uh, who made it deep in the playoffs as well, had some injuries with a lot of their key players. Uh, In the West, you had key injuries to Kevin Durant. I think the Spurs were still on a honeymoon from last year and they're getting a little bit older anyways. So, the Warriors were fortunate. I think the the you know, the stars aligned so to speak for them, but I could easily see them rattling off uh, a couple here tends to how it goes in the NBA. I mean, it's rare that you have someone like the Dallas Mavericks who kind of sneak up and win a title and really haven't sniffed on the door, haven't even been back to the finals. So I could easily see the Warriors getting back to the NBA finals, um, no problem. Uh, next year, could see them winning it again. Next year depends, again, on what uh, Cleveland, if they attract any free agents. The one good thing, I know that the ratings were up for the um, NBA Finals. The one good thing I think I saw from the NBA Finals was that the loser, whoever lost, whether the Warriors lost or the Cavs ended up losing, I felt like they each team would still carry momentum into next season. I think the Cavs will will carry the experience and the momentum into next season, hopefully get healthy and probably acquire a few players and some of the players that they have will probably get better uh with the experience So, um, and with the Warriors, if they were to happen to lose, if the Cavs pulled off a miracle and beat them, I still think the experience of going through all that, they would have obviously been really disappointed, but I think they could have carried that over into next year. Whereas that's not always the case with the NBA. I remember several times with the Lakers when they've lost in the finals. I've known that's it. I remember one time they lost in the finals and they got beat by the Pistons and Phil Jackson left. Shaq left. Everybody left. The Lakers, and they, and you know, they were lucky enough to win it a few years later. But uh, I was, I've seen that Miami Heat lost last year, and I kind of felt. I remember watching the Heat lose, and I was like, "Wow, that could trigger." That could trigger LeBron leaving and, and bad things happening. So I was happy that this NBA Finals, I think, kind of set up. Instead of disappointing fans or disappointing um, people that watch the finals, it kind of set up next year. Next year is going to be a really exciting. I think NBA has a lot of momentum right now. And um, they they should, there should be some really good uh, good play next year in the NBA. I think every team... That was in contention this year from the Hawks to the Cavs to the Warriors to the Chicago Bulls to Memphis to whoever. um, I think definitely has a shot at a title again next year. So should be an interesting offseason. Should be interesting NBA draft. I know uh, in in our time off, the Lakers got the number two pick, so I was really excited to see that. And uh, so it's just been uh, kind of fun. I, like I said, I was working. I was, um, I started out volunteering at a place, and then uh, that turned into they needed me to be, you know, only an hour or two out of my time, a couple days a week or whatever. But then they needed me for a little bit longer periods of time, and uh, it's customary that you get paid for that kind of stuff. You can't even, I don't even know if it'd be legal for me to volunteer. Uh, for that period of time and for that the position they were having me at so I I was doing that and that'll be fun Um, and I'll probably end up um, going back in a couple months Um, I'll probably end up going back and doing a little bit more of that so that was kind of fun I moved so I moved in I actually live in a really small um, small place right now but I have an incredible view I have like a really nice view I'm like on a man-made lake or whatever and it's one of the nicest nicest places I've lived. Um, so I'm really happy about that. It's been kind of fun uh, relaxing in the morning. The view is really spectacular. In the evening, it's really nice too when it all lights up out there. So um, things are really good. Hopefully everything's going good uh, for you guys out there. Again, I'm totally in outer space in terms of what we have going on in the hobby. But it's kind of one of those... You know, it's kind of one of those lull periods. You have some, I think, I believe you have some higher-end basketball cards, kind of the tail end of basketball kind of coming out. You have a lot of baseball. I know that uh, last week or the week before, Finest and um, another set, can't remember what other set, came out in baseball. So there's been some releases that have been mildly entertaining if you're into the new stuff. Um, football obviously, we're just getting going. It's a lot of sticker stuff. A lot of guys, you know, with Panini, it's guys in college uniforms or airbrush stuff. Um, it doesn't necessarily get exciting until they start playing. Although, I, I highly advise, um, most of you out there, if you really look at sports cards, not necessarily as an investment, but you want to spend your money wisely, I'd probably avoid, um, I'd avoid the hot new stuff. Football tends to get really hot. And then um, what I would do is is practice. I'm actually practicing what I'm preaching here, which is not always the case. But I like that second-year guy, Brandon Cooks. There's probably many other guys. There's probably someone like Jeremy Hill on the Bengals that I've contemplated uh, buying. Although running backs is a little 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 hit or miss i think a little more risk reward uh with the running backs i think you're a little safer with a wide receiver sure they can have an injury but um if they have a i think the only risk you run with um wide receivers is last year i know aj green took maybe a step back in people's minds in terms of a dominant receiver but considering i watched a few of the many of the Bengals games last year and, and you know followed the team through their media and stuff The Bengals had a lot of injuries in wide receivers. You know, their Marvin Jones was hurt all, he didn't play all year. Their tight end, Tyler Eifert, got hurt very early on. They had a lot of different injuries um, at the wide receiver position. So he was getting double teamed the whole time. And so um, that certainly, I mean, certainly guys like Calvin Johnson get double teamed every play. But, um, you know, and, and, and they're still able to put up numbers. But if you have that second guy, that third guy, or even like a tight end or a running back out of the backfield that can catch them all a little bit, it certainly does help your cause. And so there's some guys. There's the Devontae Adams, I believe, on Green Bay. I think you could take a look at his cards. I think you could take a look at, um, you know, I'm not great off the top of my head, but... um, I think what I would do is why we have a little bit break before the NFL season. If you want to look for that kind of in, in the stock market, they call it kind of like a swing trade. There's guys that day trade that are buying stuff and the goal is to sell the position out by the end of the day. Um, a swing trade, I don't know the exact definition, but from what I understand, a swing trade is more, I'm buying it, Um, just based on kind of some factors, maybe some seasonality factors, maybe there's a product launch, maybe there's earnings coming up. I think you could do the same thing with football because we're in this gap here where they're not practicing. They're not getting a lot of media attention. Um, that is going to change very quickly within Two weeks, actually. There's going to be a ton of coverage on the NFL because we're going to have no more NFL and baseball. Your teams are likely either going to be in it or out of it. And they're out of it, you're going to be paying attention to football. So I think you could look for some players. I would focus on players that have some fantasy, get some fantasy love. Doesn't have to be the number one guy, the number one running back, the number one QBs. Sometimes those sleeper guys are quote sleeper and I don't think anybody's a sleeper in the NFL anymore, especially on offense. But um those kind of not the number not the top five wide receiver, but the top, you know, just outside the top five or outside the top ten wide receiver that'll get a lot of attention because it's obvious Calvin Johnson's a great wide receiver. It's obvious people are gonna draft Odell Beckham really high. It's obvious Tom Brady, you know, minus a suspension. Is a great quarterback. But um, there's a lot of other kind of uh, talent in the NFL that you could be targeting. Um, I think you could be doing that. You could also be setting up baseball. I think you could um, you know, look at the standings, look to see if there's any impact players on those teams, look to see if there's any guys that could get a boost. I know the Giants get it. I mean, I probably bought the Joe Panic card at a, at, a, at the wrong time. But um, he's a guy, I've seen him on TV. I watch, you know, obviously a lot of Giants games or listening on the radio. He's just a solid player. I just think he's going to be a solid player. Might have overpaid. Um, if that's the case, if if the attention on the Giants or the attention on him kind of fade, but his play stays elevated, he's a guy I'll probably continue to look to buy, you know, little cards and not a bunch of I don't want hundreds of cards sitting around my my uh, tiny apartment here. But uh, I do would like to get a handful more if they if they trend down in price. So I think those are some strategies you could be looking forward to um, just to kind of spice things up to kind of keep things interesting. I kind of have to do that. That's probably why instinctively I was doing it because I was just getting kind of bored. I didn't care about any new set that came out. I don't really care about any of the rookies as of right now. I don't care to buy any of their cards, Um, but it, it should. I think also in basketball. I think, I've said this on the show a lot of times, boy, the Cavaliers are going to be kicking themselves for over a decade, probably 12 years for trading Andrew Wiggins. I think he's going to be an outstanding player. He's buried a little bit in Minnesota. Um, He's going to be buried there for a couple years. But the improvement I saw from his game, he went from a bench player. He was coming off the bench. To at the end of the year, I believe he finished in the top in my league, which is a pretty good judge of fantasy, uh, you know, impact in terms of stats and stuff. He was he was a top fifteen fantasy. If you throw out, I hate fantasy leagues, basketball leagues. I have a pet peeve about field goal percentage and free throw percentage. If you get to the free throw line in the NBA, it's a blessing. I know there's Hacka Jordan and Hacka Howard and Hacka whoever. But it's a sign of respect in some ways. I know they're disrespecting their free throw quality shooting. But, um, you know, getting to the free throw line, aside from kind of the hack of stuff, you know, the fact that Dwight Howard or back in my day Shaq got to the free throw line a lot was because he was so good and you had to foul him. And it's a shame that a lot of people play in a lot of people uh, focus on these fantasy basketball leagues where they punish you. Miss free throws and it's like the guy got to the line but I think you could go you could take a look at basketball I know Wiggins cards are already somewhat expensive um, but I really think he's going to be a upper echelon I think people are going to look at it maybe not for a long period of time but um, look at uh, Steph Curry. I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, his cards weren't, like, weren't cheap. I wouldn't consider his, his autograph rookies and stuff cheap. But now they're in the stratosphere because he won MVP, won an NBA title. I don't know if Wiggins has that same uh, arc or trajectory. He'll get that lucky to be on teams like Curry has been on. But, um, you know, Curry's teams missed the playoffs and they weren't very good for a long time. So same thing can happen. And I think Wiggins has, um, out of all the rookies I've seen, is, is going to be an excellent player. The other player is that is, going to, be, is he's going to be in his second full season playing, but he'll have rookies going back, I think, three years, is Nerlands Noel. Um, I think with Joel Embiid likely on the shelf again. And the Sixers always do stupid stuff in the draft. They draft some guy that they shouldn't or draft some guy that goes back to Europe or draft some guy that's hurt. So they'll likely do the same thing this year. And Noel will get a chance to play a lot. And if you go back and look at his stats, he had—he wasn't as consistent as you'd like him to be. Um, but if his rookie cards are affordable. I wouldn't. I think you, you're taking a fairly uh, safe shot there. Again, he's uh, his team I don't think is going to have a lot of success in the near term, so you might have some time to execute buying one. Um, but he's a guy I thought that his game got better and better as the season kind of rolled on. Again, a little inconsistent, not as consistent as if you go look at Wiggins' uh, game log, I thought he had a fantastic um you know, kind of last kind of third, two thirds of the year. I thought he played very, very well in a lot of games. Well, folks stretch this out, stretched it out with some NBA talk and some, uh, some, uh, whatever kind of throwing some stuff in. So we ended up stretching this show out a little bit, but that is going to wrap it up. I'm watching actually U S open golf. So I'm going to finish watching that right now. And, um, that about wraps it up. So hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. Thanks for tuning in. You can always send me an email. Send me some of your strategies. Send me some of your guys that you're targeting. I have no problem uh, shouting them out on the show and maybe helping you out a bit. Send them to me on Twitter at Sports Card Radio. That's probably the fastest way uh, to do it. Send me the guys you're targeting. You know, For me, it's Brandon Cooks right now in the NFL. I think in the NBA, I think it would be – I don't know if I – Will buy one, but I think at some point I might look to buy an Andrew Wiggins card, and maybe on kind of a lower end, uh, nerland's Noel. But I think you have time to get both of them um, because there'll be time. The, the, you know, you have a next crop of rookies coming into the NBA. A lot of attention will be paid to them. And, uh, again, Wiggins and and Noel play on teams that are likely not going to do anything next year. So send me your strategies. Send me any tips that you might have. I'd be interested to hear them. Until then, thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully everything's going well. It's almost football time, everybody. We are out of here.